You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumer. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumer. You know, Mary, as you know, I kind of retired last fall, although it's not sticking. I'm going to go back to work uh, here in another couple of weeks. But right now, I don't have a job to report to. Despite that, it seems like I'm awfully busy. I think you're the same. I have appointments. I have things to do. And I was thinking how it kind of fills up my day doing my little job. And then I was thinking about uh, reading in the paper uh, today about how Donald Trump in you know those weeks in December and in January spent his day calling uh, the Justice Department, calling the uh, governor and secretary of state in Georgia, calling Arizona. He was a busy, busy guy with all these calls. But what strikes me is he doesn't seem like he was very busy being president. And, <laughs> and there, was, there was stuff to do. Uh, I mean, the vaccines were being rolled out. I know he thought, well, that's kind of Biden's deal. But he was president, and we were in the middle of a pandemic and other events going on. Doesn't it strike you a little funny that he had so darn much time on his hand? Yeah, but I, I think that's just short-timers disease. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you've ever given notice to a job, or I remember in the last, you know, couple months of my job, and, you know, long and complicated story, but... Um, I just got to the point where I could barely lift a pen to do anything. So I thought it's not my problem anymore. And maybe that's what he thinks. Maybe he thought it's not my problem anymore. So to your point, like Joe Biden is going to come in and save the world or so he says, take care of this whole vaccination thing. And I've got a coup to plan. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> How many of us say that? You know, right? I know, and can and can mean it. <laughs> and I, mean, mean I might have, I might have thought it when I lost my job, but I wasn't going to do it. Trump, to his credit, had a plan, and he tried to pull it off. Right. I, I I've been wanting to ask you about this. You know what we have read about his plan. On listen, you guys, the Justice Department, just go out and say the election was corrupt and leave the rest up to me and the Republican Congress uh, people. I don't know, what's your sense? Is this the kind of thing that could get you indicted? (laughs) Well, it sure does feel like sedition, doesn't it? Um, Will that happen? I doubt it. Should it happen? Probably it should, but how much of it do we react like I just did, which is kind of a chuckle to say, God, Donald Trump and all those people are so crazy. Did they really think that they could pull off a coup? Yes, they did. Do we really think that they could have pulled that off? And I think the answer to that is no. No no matter how much you hear people say, we came so close and all the other histrionics connected to it or related to it, I think most of us think it couldn't have happened. I, am, I could be wrong, but that's my gut. That's how I feel about it. Like, 
in the end of the day, there's just enough um, safety net that it couldn't really have happened. You know, I agree with you. Uh, and I think the, you know, the nation showed it had that level of safety net and probably some more to go to. You know, isn't the worry, uh, and maybe we're just, maybe I'm paranoid or neurotic about this, isn't the worry, what if in 2024, he manages to get himself reelected? I, maybe that's a, a wrong worry. Maybe that can't happen. But I just keep thinking back to the number of people in 2016 who I remember very solemnly saying, don't worry, Donald Trump is not going to be elected president. Are we saying the same thing about 2024? Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I don't think it's any sure thing that if he runs again, he won't get reelected. So that's terrifying. But I do think the long-term damage um, that he's done with all this save the steel stuff is to undermine people's trust and belief in the system. And that you can't get back. It's kind of like, remember, when you were a kid or when your kids were, or in your case, your daughter were younger, was younger, and would, you know, they would do something to break your trust. Maybe, maybe Kelly never did that. <laughs> I, my boys did. And you'd say to them, you know, it was easy for you to give it away, but it's very hard to get it back. And that's what I think about all this undermining of the media of trusted sources and it, and the election results themselves because there's a segment of the population larger than we like to admit to ourselves that probably will never trust election results again regardless of who wins i think you're exactly right and i you know if pressed my <clears throat> real kind of forecasting which is not all that good but i'll put it out anyway is I think Donald Trump will have tired of all of this before 2024 comes. I think there's a good chance that he is in court for some things, not necessarily indicted on criminal things, but we know that civil things are are moving uh, forward. And, you know, he's, he's a little bit older guy. Do you slow down? Is it really worth it? Does his family question that? The result is... I think the Republican candidate we're seeing then is somebody who looks like Ron DeSantis. And before we feel the least bit good about this, Florida right now is the epicenter of the fourth wave, people are calling it, of the coronavirus. Uh, at one point last week, one out of every five cases in the United States was in Florida. This is a real, real problem. And yet the governor of that state just put out an executive order forbidding schools from mandating masks. Schools, hear me, from mandating wearing masks. This is the same guy who says to businesses and other private groups, you may not require people to be vaccinated to come into your place. You can't make them show a card. And that guy is Ron DeSantis a guy who I think there's a pretty good chance the Republican Party runs for uh, uh, runs for, for president. I, You know, they ain't no crazy like a Donald Trump crazy anywhere. But 
Ron DeSantis as president is pretty screwy. He is. And unfortunately, it appears a little more competent than Donald Trump was, or at least understands how government works. But one of the things I wonder about their whole enterprise is whether they really have any competent people left to populate a, an administration. So they, one of the things that happened to Trump after the first couple years is there was really no one left in there who could, in his administration, who was really competent or could run things the way government needs to be run. That's a huge generalization because so many people work for the um, administration. But I'm reading right now, and, and I recommend it to anybody, um, Alexander Vidman's account of what happened leading up to the Ukraine call that led to the impeachment. And you get this sense that there's all these really talented people working for national security, for the State Department, but they're still those places are being run by boobs. And, you know, political people, but people that Trump has put in. And... Um, so it's it's a little frightening that that's who was running the government, as we always say, things could have been so much worse. So I think that even whoever the Republicans would nominate, should they win, be that a DeSantis, I can't imagine it would be Ted Cruz, but you know all these people with aspirations of for the presidency, there's not a large cadre of really talented people to run and manage government. You know, the Democrats to their, um, you know, their luck was there were, first of all, Trump had only been president four years. So there were still a lot of people on the sidelines ready to get back into government. Still, what I, what I think, it's like, sorry to go on a little bit, but what's interesting about that whole thing I just talked about is still with all that talent, these are huge and difficult problems they need to manage and resolve and see how Biden is struggling with some of them, many of them actually, and all his really good and talented people, whether it's the resurgence of coronavirus, whether it's what's happening with the moratorium on evictions. You know, there's a lot of bungling going on. And I don't think it's because they're idiots. I just think sometimes these problems are so big. Well, you know, the point that you're making about uh, the competence of people to run it is important. And I have no doubt there are many, many, many people in the departments who are great. But let's go to uh, a lead person within the Trump administration who had the ear of the president, this guy was director of personnel uh, for the White House. That's a big job. You know, who's right. going to uh, who's going to fill these spots? And, you know, as frequently happens, we've seen it in our uh, our work background. There are certain people who have the ear of the boss. And the way it works in the White House is they have complete access. They can walk in where whenever they want. The director of personnel was a very young guy by the name of Johnny McEntee. Uh, and Johnny kind of made his name originally. He had been quarterback at the University of Connecticut, 
but he made a YouTube video showing various like trick shot passes he could do. And he got 7 million views. Based on this, he managed to get a job uh, as like a production assistant at Fox News. While he's there, he starts working on the social media accounts, fashions himself as a social media genius, gets onto the Trump campaign, and he became the body man. The, the body man is like the guy who goes around with the president and helps with things, you know, any whatever the president needs, make certain he's got his coat, all of that stuff. And he traveled with the, uh, with the president. He became so close to the president that the president made him, while he was still in his 20s, director of personnel. Now, if somebody wants to make an argument that that is a well, highly qualified person to run that kind of complicated job, please call me up. I will listen to your argument. But I think you had, you know, we nicely called them loyalists. We had a sycophant who was there because he would uh, suck up to Donald Trump. I, I make this point. I know that's in the past, but I think if we come into a Trump administration, or not a Trump, but another Republican administration, I think it will be loaded with people like that. And frankly, I don't think qualified people want to work for the Republicans right now. I think they've seen, as I like to say so often, that's a way to get poop on your shoulders. Sure, because I think they said at the end of the Trump administration that usually people leaving a White House job, <coughs> excuse me, have their pick of jobs out in the private sector. But these folks were having a hard time getting anyone to look at their resume. So you get really tainted by, you know, the folks that you've worked for. So, yeah, I don't know. I I personally am so glad and so happy that that whole thing is over for now. And it's not that we're not living with the consequences because one of the consequences we're living with is this resurgence of the Delta variant. And it has a lot of people afraid. And more importantly, it's a lot of people kind of angry. Like, why don't these people just freaking get vaccinated? <laughs> So we can start living our lives again. But the reason they're not vaccinated is because the, the decisions that were made on the lead up and through the, the pandemic to uh, vilify science, to vilify the vaccine, even though Trump was responsible for the darn thing. And, you know, to make the whole thing look like a big plot by Democrats to put weird stuff in patriots bodies or whatever it is they think so you know sure everyone has the right to their own opinion john but do we have to pay the consequence um pay the price for the decisions other people are making and it appears that we do we do by the way i had to tell you one thing on a personal note uh i am i'm going to move to arkansas uh, there, I'm setting this up right now, simply because I want to vote against Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> I swear to God, it's worth it to me. Sarah Huckabee, in a state that any Republican can just like go and be governor, be senator and all, 
she has the possibility, some reporters, to losing to an African-American nuclear engineer who has never run uh, for office before. That's what Sarah could do. Because she really has got to run with the record of what she did as press secretary. Not a pleasant thing. So send my mail to Arkansas, okay? All right, I will. Okay, bye. Talk to you. Bye. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.